LeeTDickey.com. Do you have an event or occasion coming up that could use a special touch? Perhaps a wedding, a production, a show? Good! Then you're in luck. Haley Moores is who you're looking for. Haley is a makeup artist in the Toronto, Ontario area, specializing in bridal, glam, natural, and special effects. She's incredibly talented, professional, easy to work with, and has a personality that is second to none. To book Haley Moores today, follow her on Instagram at mad underscore malash, that's M-A-D underscore M-I-L-A-S-H, or email her at madmalash, again, that's M-A-D-M-I-L-A-S-H, at gmail.com. Book Haley Moores today, you'll be glad you did. LeeTDickey.com LeeTDickey.com What's going on, everybody? Lee Dickey here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Today, this week, we are kicking off a brand new mini-series all about Springfield's favorite family, The Simpsons. And for my first guest, I am joined by Paco Hernandez of the Yeah About That podcast to discuss his favorite characters, moments, episodes, and which character he thinks can handle their own spinoff, and so much more. To find out more about my guest, Paco Hernandez, and his podcast, Yeah About That, which he does with his brother Joey, I will post as many links as I can find in the description below, so you can go follow and subscribe to them, please, and thank you. Now that you know a bit about my guest, and where you can find him and his podcast, I'm going to tell you where you can find me, yours truly, Lee Dickey, and the Beats and Speaks podcast. Of course, the Beats and Speaks podcast with me, yours truly, Lee Dickey, is available every single Friday at midnight Eastern time on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, my official website, LeeTDickey.com, and wherever podcasts are available. We're on YouTube as well under Lee Dickey TV, so please go comment, like, share, and subscribe everywhere you get your podcast. Leave us reviews and rate us five stars because that helps us climb in the rankings, which means more episodes and more content coming from me to you, which we all can enjoy. If you want to get in touch with the show and be a guest, please do drop me an email at leetdickey at gmail.com and we can go from there. All that information is in the description below, but without further ado, since all the housekeeping is out of the way, let's get into the kickoff of this Simpsons miniseries right here on the Beats and Speaks podcast with my first guest, Paco Hernandez. What's up, everybody? It's the man that caught Paco, posted up in the cut like a band-aid. Right now, you're listening to Beats and Speaks podcast with Lee Dickey. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and anyone else within earshot of the sound of my annoying voice, I'm back again. I am your host, Lee Dickey, and this is another episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast, the start of a Simpsons miniseries right here on the Beats and Speaks podcast. My guest today, my guest this week, is Paco Hernandez, the host of Yeah About That. I will let him tell you a little more about that, but without further ado, let's get to my guest. Paco Hernandez. Paco, how are you? Thank you for joining me on the Beats and Speaks podcast this week. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Um, basically, you know, I, I host a podcast, yeah, about that with my brother. And it's uh, right. It's evolved into like a variety show where we got album reviews and uh, food reviews and pretty much just 
local comics, anything. Like, it, whatever we, we want, we put it on. So you're sort of like a general... Because this, I mean, my sh- the Beats and Speaks podcast, this show is sort of a general interest show. So I can imagine that, yeah, about that runs along those same lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got a mobile setup, so we're able to go all over. And I record with different people at different times. Pretty much collect audio for a week. And then um, the show runs at least an hour, probably an hour and a half sometimes if we got enough content. So is there, what is it? Is there anything on your show that people should look out for? Um, yeah, the uh, Rachel's Food Reviews. Uh, that's the most popular segment. We're getting a lot of feedback on that as far as like uh, just going out and um, having um, comparisons, you know, things of that nature. Um, sampling food and trying new food and uh, restaurant suggestions out here in Arizona. Is there anything that you're particularly fond of or that you really enjoy about doing your show yeah you know I enjoy the freedom Uh, I get to put whoever I want on and you know for however long and um, I like the freestyle of it you know I don't have any set rules really Uh, we do have segments but they're not really set to a certain time you know so we can just uh, pretty much have freedom throughout the entire show and it, it, it works out pretty good so if anybody was to come out there uh, to Arizona, because that's where you produce your show out of, what are they? Yes. What should they look out for? Uh, just look out for uh, just pretty much the restaurants is what we cover as far as the Arizona part. But everything else is just like uh, the comedy and, um, you know, what else is there? Like music and uh, things like that we talk about. It's pretty universal. But, yeah, I mean, we'll tell you what, what it is because we went to Tucson last weekend because we're from the Phoenix area. Tucson area is about two hours away. We took a trip there last weekend, and we uh, had a bat- something called the Battle for 12th Avenue, which is two Mexican restaurants that are like a rivalry for years and years. And then we, we just uh, cover that, and we uh, give our, our ratings on the food. I mean, that sounds really cool. I mean, so you're basically just, I don't want to say local because you guys did go to Tucson, but you guys are pretty much Arizona-centric and everything about Arizona can be basically found on your uh, podcast. Yeah, about that. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, we're also um, doing collaborations with uh, another podcast, uh, Thoughts by DeVille Di. He's from Georgia. And, you know, we have him on the show from time to time. We're pretty much, if anybody wants to get on, we're, um, you know, we're able to record, you know, from anywhere. I I mean, that's that's cool. I guess that's that's the the best thing about this medium in terms of podcasting is that, like, the entire world is local. Just as long as you have data or a Wi-Fi connection, you can talk to just about anybody. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is, man. I like it too, you know. And uh, yeah, we are looking to expand to uh, get more podcasters from around the world on on uh, certain segments here and there. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So, where can they go to find your show? I'm assuming you're all you're on the major all the majors, and do you have an official website at all? Yeah, yeah, it's um, no please don't podcast dot com. Uh, you can go there. You can find my podcast, Yeah, About That. And you can find a, a, a lot of my friends' podcasts on there. Uh, Two and a Half Amigos is on there. And uh, Local Trash is on there. 
also El Chivo. Those are uh, some of the podcasts that are on there. And it's a it's a good site to centralize. Cool. So everybody be on the lookout for that. But why don't we get into the real salt and pepper, into the real main event as to why you are all here and listening. Let's talk the first family of Springfield. Let's talk the Simpsons. I mean, I wanted to start this Simpsons miniseries because the Simpsons is one of my favorite shows and I'm sure that within the 30 years that it's been on the air, I think they're in season 31 now, I can't be the only fan because I can't sustain a show for 30 some odd years. I mean, like one person can't sustain a television program for 30 plus years. So they've got millions of fans all over the world and Paco is just one of them. So what is it about, what is it about The Simpsons that really drew you in? What is it that really appeals to you about the first family of Springfield? Uh, just the relatability as far as, you know, having a father and, you know, a mother and just the way that Homer sometimes, uh, he's like real, um, he's real uh, stubborn on certain issues. And I can relate with that with my father. He's, he was real stubborn on certain issues. And uh, it's, it's kind of comical and, and um, how it kind of backfires sometimes. You know, because I see that play out. I think that's what it is that really draw uh, drew me to it. You know, also the sibling rivalry. You know, I got a, I got two brothers, so that's something I can also relate to. And it, it, it's just so funny how, you know, things can uh, how you can relate to to something so um, so basic as far as like the family element. And uh, it's also just funny, you know, just the way they play out. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't uh, can't knock that at all. It's it is for it being based in basically Springfield and being an animated show and being on the air for thirty years. It is still even to this day very relatable because they've kept up with the times. I mean, they don't have rotary phones anymore. We're all you know on iPads and smartphones and what have you. So they've kept up with the times and they're very topical still, but they handle life as only the Simpsons can. So is there a, a character specifically that you really gravitate towards? Uh, I like Homer because he doesn't, he doesn't care. You know, he just, he does what he wants and he has fun. And then eventually it all works out. You know, uh, he doesn't take life so serious. That's uh, probably why Homer's my favorite. And you know, Homer's, I'm, I'm sure Homer's a lot of people's favorites. I mean, I, I can tell you a, a story really quickly. When I was, like, in grade school, when I was about seven years old, I remember, like, I don't know why or how, maybe because it was still fresh and a lot of people had had thought that it hadn't jumped the shark yet, I guess, and basically become stale or boring or what have you. But I used to imitate Homer all the time. Like, every time I'd mess up, it was like, dope, coming out of my mouth. Like, and... I think there was a point in time I was in school where, like, they had to write notes home to my parents. Like, he's got to stop doing that. And I, I was like, look, man, I'm sorry, okay? It's on TV. I mean, granted, maybe it is wholesome, maybe it isn't. Maybe you like the show, maybe you don't. But, like, as a kid, I was an impressionable seven-year-old. What do you want from me, okay? It's what I saw on TV. Aside from my parents, I was raised by the comfort of a living room and a TV set, and The Simpsons were a main thing, because syndication was starting to become king at that point, I think, or it was king back in the 
mid to like the early to mid nineties, and then it just grew from there. Yeah. But yeah, Simpsons uh, single-handedly shaped a lot of people's humor. I think. And like, uh, you know, I wouldn't have the sense of humor if it wasn't for Homer. And you know, um, The Simpsons. I, yeah, you know, I think a lot of people can say that because I'm sure I was influenced a lot by The Simpsons, and I'm sure like millions of people were. I mean, it's it's syndicated all over the world. It's probably in several dozens, if not hundreds or thousands of, of different languages and different dialects. So, I mean, that just goes to show you about the staying power and the phenomenon that is the first family of Springfield. The, oh, yeah, yeah. If, if you could spend a day in Springfield, what do you think you would do? Uh, well, I would... Uh... I don't know, really. <laughs> I never thought about that. I'd probably go to Moe's, hang out with the guys for a little bit or something, uh, go to Quick Mart, get some food, um, go to, um, what, what else do they have? I'm not sure. <laughs> I never really thought about that because, I mean, you see them go through the whole city and then it's just like they only show certain parts when it caters to a certain episode. And, um, huh. Maybe Ballarama, you know? Something. I know for me, personally, like, I would go to the Ballarama because I, I enjoy bowling every now and again. Hell, I'll watch it on TV. But, um, I mean, that's something I would do. Like, going to the Ballarama, you wouldn't go to, like, Lardland Donuts or Krusty Burger or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Krusty Burger, I'd get a Krusty Burger. Um, yeah, Donuts. Um... <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's almost like I'm drawing a blank. Like I can't picture it. But I, you know what? I'd visit the nu- nuclear power plant also just to see how, how unsafe it is. Um, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you get to see like Lenny, Carl, Burns, Smithers. That would be just. I, you know, that that would be fun for me specifically. Like just to see how sort of Mr. Burns' mind works. Like, what do you, yeah, what, yeah. Do you what do you go through in a day? It's just kind of... Because he comes across as, like, this evil, narcissistic jerk. But, like, there has to be, like, a method to the madness, in my opinion. So, like, for me to get to see what a day in the life of C. Montgomery Burns would be, then, like, I think that would be fun. Or even, like, tour the... The, the TV station in Springfield because I do come from a radio and television background so like that would be fun for me getting to sort of see life from the eyes of like Krusty the Clown or Bumblebee Man Kent. or uh, Kent Brockman or even Arnie Pye the, the weather reporter so that like that would be fun for me yeah uh, you know I remember I, I just seen an uh, episode recently revisited um where Marge was trying to find the beauty in Mr. Burns, and she could not. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Where he, he, She was like, there's good in everybody, you know, there's there's beautiful in everybody, but then she tried to paint him, and then she couldn't. She came up with nothing, you know what I mean? Because she's seen how evil he was. He just, yeah, well, that was, I think that was the, um, one of the episodes where I, she was painting him in the nude, and, like, she just saw a whole bunch of liver spots, and it was just like, I, I have tried, and I just can't. Like, there, there is just 
there is something about you that I just can't, I can't find the beauty in you. And to be fair, I'm sure a lot of people think the same thing about uh, Monty Burns. I mean, do you remember the, the episode where Marge gets a job at the uh, nuclear power plant and Burns basically comes on to her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then you also remember when he lost it all and then, you know, he was like a um, real humble guy at the beginning until he got his little uh, fishing thing. What, what is that? Little Lisa's the, crude something? Little Lisa's um, recycling plant. Yeah, and then he used it just to catch a bunch of fish because <laughs> he saw the uh, the rings, the plastic rings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if one net can catch one fish, a thousand yeah. nets or whatever it was, 10,000 nets can wipe the sea clean. And it was just, I think he came up with that slush. Oh, yeah. He was making barrels of it. <laughs> and that, that was basically um, just... Everything from the sea just turned to mush. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know how you feel about sports and all, but I'm a big sports fan. Like, some of my favorite episodes are uh, Bart Starr, which is the one where Bart plays peewee football. And there's an interesting cameo from uh, King of the Hill in there. Or from uh, Hank Hill and uh, his family. Uh, there's the, I can't remember the name of this episode, but it's the episode where Homer becomes a boxer. And, um, probably Dredd or Tatum or whatever. Yeah, I, I always like that one where at the, at the end of the episode, Mo just flies in and is just like, Are you, <laughs> oh, yeah. are you an angel? You, yeah. <laughs> yes, Homer, I'm an angel. Oh, you know what? One was good, the, the one where uh, they had the softball team and then they had all those um, M MLB players on there. Yeah, you had people then, like Don Mattingly, Daryl Strawberry, Mike Sosha. I was just going to mention that Homer at the bat or Homer at bat. One of my favorites for sure. Yeah, that one's one of my favorites too. I mean, I'm not a big sports guy, but just the way uh, that plays out with all the mishaps happening right before the game. Yeah. Or classic. Even that scene in the episode where Marge is trying to basically do play by play and everybody else is on the field and Homer's the only one on the bench and it's like, and the player hits the ball and he goes in, he goes in one direction. Then she ends up <laughs> she ends up taping Homer, and it's like, I hope he doesn't start scratching himself. Next thing you know, he starts scratching himself, and it's like, well, yeah. And I I think towards the end of that episode, Burns didn't have any choice but to get um, Homer at the plate because he couldn't find anybody else. I think everybody else had gotten into like some certain circumstances, and Homer was his last resort, so. Burns starts giving him a whole bunch of signs, and he ends up getting beamed right in the forehead, knocked unconscious, yet they win the game, because you get hit by a pitch, you take the base, and if the bases are loaded, then that walks in a run, obviously, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was classic, man. You know, my favorite part was, um, I think it was Daryl Strawberry. He was, like, signing up for the team, and then Homer's like, um, I forgot what he said. He's like, um are you better than me or something? And then he goes, well, I never met you, but yes. Yes. It's just, you, you Daryl Strawberry. Yes. You play right field. Yes. I play right field too. So, are you better than me? Well, I don't know you, but yes. <laughs> That's the one. I was cracking up with that one. And I, I thought, oh, I thought that was hilarious. And then, um, 
in that same episode, like Don Mattingly comes up, and I think it was um, one of these things. I don't know what it was. Mr. Burns had this fascination, or like just didn't like Mattingly sideburns. Oh yeah, so yeah, that's crazy. He kept going at him for like the twenty-two minutes or however long that episode is, where he just kept Mattingly. I thought I told you to get rid of those sideburns. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, Mr. B, but it's like, and then towards the end, like you see. Mattingly with this, like, he's got both sides of his head, like, completely shaved, but he's still got, like, this long rat tail looking thing and sort of a flat mohawk at the front. Mr. Burns still not happy, and he's just like, I, I don't know what to do. I basically shaved it all <laughs> off, and there's, no, like, practically nothing left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, was, uh, he was angry about that. Yep. Um... You know, you know, another good episode was uh, Trouble in the Trillions, where uh, Mr. Burns had that trillion dollar bill and he was supposed to return it to, um, how was it, Cuba? No, it wasn't Cuba. Well, they, they ended up going to Cuba, I think, in that episode. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah and they see Fidel Castro. He's all, may I see it? And he, he's like, oh, no. And then Homer's like, Mr. Burns, I think we can trust the president of Cuba. And then he gives it to him. He's all okay. Now give it back. He's all give what? Give what? Give what back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just or I, I remember when they were flying in Burns's plane, where it was like, we're over international waters. Woo! We can gamble. And it's just like, yeah. okay, great. I call president, vice president, and then like you see Smithers over, like he's probably closest to the window, and it's like, ah, what, what now? Like, what else is there? Runt. <laughs> Yeah, all right. when they first uh, take off, you know, run away from the FBI, he he um he uses the carpet and then he um makes waves with the carpet, and then the FBI guys, you know, get knocked unconscious from running into the wall or whatever, and then he puts one of the dude's hands on the other dude's butt. But yeah, just, I can just imagine if that guy came to it, it was like, how'd that get there? Oh. Yeah, Homer go, makes it a point to go back and then do that right before he, you know they take off. <laughs> so let know, me that, let me that, ask you that, let me ask you this. Like I know that with the later seasons of the show, they I mean there was this thing where they wrote Apu out of the show. Oh yes. So like, how do you feel about that? Um, I think it's just it's just nonsense. I, I I don't understand why they would do that. It's not like it's not like he was a bad stereotype. I mean, but either way, you know, there's still other stereotypes on there. You know, so I, I'm not sure why they would you know make a fuss about it. I well, um, that's just for my part. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I I think the same thing. Like I talked to someone else about this uh, a few months ago, and um. In my opinion, okay, fine. You wrote Apu out of the show. It's, it's your prerogative. It's your show. You do what you want. But you're a paid writer. You get paid to write scripts and dialogue for these characters. You can write smarter dialogue and still make it funny. Yeah. So, I, in my opinion, like they could have kept him in the show because you're not only writing out Apu, you're writing out Apu, you're writing out his wife, Majula, you're writing out his brother, you're writing out his children, and pretty much anything that comes comes along with the Quickie Mart. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's... to take away, say, and yeah, I'm okay, so I'm going to call Apu, like, a cornerstone 
of the show because he was there from day one. But to basically take that away, like, you're taking away, like, a vital part of the Simpsons universe and Springfield itself. Yeah, because he had a lot of adventures, too, you know, um, with Homer and um, just even his standalone adventures. You know, they're they're instrumental to the Simpsons universe. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember that that, uh, the episode where he does finally get married to Manjula, but proceeding up to that, he's basically a swinging bachelor. Yeah. Right? Because uh, I think yeah. the, the Springfield was having this bachelor auction where they, oh, yeah. they were trying to raise money for a new fire truck for the fire department. And Apu was like this last minute entry. And um, I think five women pretty much put together, what was it, like 950 some odd dollars to basically, and this is going to sound bad coming out of me, but pretty much have the, have the rights to Apu. Yeah. Right? Like, have the rights to basically do as they will. And, like, Krusty banks the gavel, and it's like, sold to the five desperate chicks. It's like, okay, great, and here you go. And, like, probably within the next couple of minutes, you get, Apu gets a letter from his mother with this sort of lotus flower-looking thing that says, well, you're old now, time to get married. And then the whole thing with him moving in with the Simpsons to pretend that Marge is his wife to pretty much lie to his mother a little bit or well try and get out of this arranged marriage but oh yeah doesn't quite work and yet Apu and Menjula end up getting married at the end of the episode and for all intents and purposes have a happy marriage aside from like having eight yep. children at once <laughs> yeah all those children but yeah, man, I, I I don't know, I don't get it, man. Uh, he was cool. Apu was cool. Uh, you know, he, he was one of my favorite characters. I mean, yes, in my younger years, I made fun of. I probably made fun of more people with the with my impression of Apu than I did, you know, as obviously as I as you get older, because that would just make you stupid if you kept doing the things that you were young that you did when you were younger. That you you know that you would do when you got older but uh, it just no, I, it's just imita- children like to imitate you know I, I get it because I used to do that too <laughs> like you imitate Homer also you know yeah I was I was, no fault of- I was a, uh, a big fan of Ned for a little while like I, I love I, I guess maybe I don't know maybe it's because I'm left handed myself so when they threw in like the left horn I was like oh look a store for me it's too bad those stores don't actually exist yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was classic too, Leftorium. <laughs> I I mean I um, I enjoy that. And then like the I think there's that episode where um Bart or not Bart, sorry, Homer and Ned are at a car wash. I think it's where they go to Vegas and like you know, Ned got like a, a five dollar discount or something. Uh, oh, because he was Citizen. He, yeah, he was, he was a senior citizen. And, um, you know, Homer goes out to pay, and he's like, and, you know, it was an extra $5. And he's like, well, how come, you know, Churchy LaFemme gets a discount? Senior citizen discount card. Senior citizen? Flanders? Yeah, that blew his mind. And then <laughs> he basically outs him in church, like, 
that Sunday, and it's like, well, if you have to know how old I am, I'm 60. <laughs> and it's, yeah. I mean, I, I can sort of relate, because as you get older, you get a little more sensitive about your age, and I'm finding that now. It's like, unless I want to tell you, I don't have to tell you how old I am at all. Yeah. So, like, unless I legally have to tell you my age, I'm not going to. But it's... <laughs> It, you know, so they're all asking what Ned's secret is in terms of, like, you know, how he stays so young and he stays in shape. And it's like, well, I basically lived a boring life for 60 years. Yeah. And then you cut over and you see yeah. Mo like, dousing himself with holy water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, that's when they got married, huh, in Vegas to those, uh, to those women. To the, yeah, to the, yeah, and it was just... Oh, well, let's live a little bit. Give me a white wine spritzer, right? Because, of course, a glass of water from white, to a white wine spritzer. Why not? Yeah. And then I think... <laughs> it echoes white wine spritzer, spritzer. And then that whole night goes gets crazy. It just gets crazy. Yeah. Like, what did we do? Well, we got married twice. And then <laughs> by, the end, by the end of the episode, um, both women leave. I think Homer's second wife gets married to his father gets married to Abe, gets married to Grandpa, and um, they both end up leaving and going back to Vegas, but still, it was like... And I think it was Marge that kind of consoled Grandpa at the end, where it was like, well, we're sorry, Abe. He's like, ah, I'll probably forget about it in five seconds. Which which is <laughs> yeah. true. And it's, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, that's just... The way it was written, I, I have no say in that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, it's classics. How, how do you feel about the movie? Um, you know, the movie, I don't know. The, the way I could put it is um, it was forgettable for me. You know, I've seen it, and I don't really remember too much, but I do go back and watch the older episodes. You know, it seemed like gimmicky, if you will. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can imagine that. Like, I remember going to see it, in uh, the theater. I haven't seen it on Disney Plus yet. Uh, maybe I will one of these days. I do have it on DVD, so maybe I'll either either or the other. I'll pop either the DVD in or I'll stream it on Disney Plus. But I, you know, I remember going to see it because I think that movie came out. I was about 18 and it seemed like I thought it was a good movie, but it seemed like it came out way too late in terms of like The Simpsons popularity. Yeah. Like, I think if they had, if it had come out, say, five years earlier, like, probably four to five years earlier, at minimum, I think they would have still had something. If it had come out between, say, 1989 and, like, 1998, then you really would have had a phenomenon, because I think you probably could have knocked the movie out between seasons one and nine. Or even between seasons like 10 and 14, if you had done that, then I think you probably still would have had some staying power. But, you know, for it to come out when it did, it just seemed to come out a bit late for me. Yeah, you know, I remember feeling like that, too. I remember it was coming out, and I did not even care. And then, uh, you know, it took me a while to even watch it, you know, but because I was just holding on to the old episodes, and that's still what I do. You know, I, I really don't um, 
I don't really care for the new stuff. It just doesn't feel genuine anymore. Yeah, I think for me, I I stopped paying attention around season 14. I think right after like the Rolling Stones made a guest appearance, which is the episode where Homer goes to band camp for a week. And uh, yeah. Tom Petty loses a toe by the end of that episode, by the way. Um, yeah. But it's where Homer goes to band camp for a week. You get the Rolling Stones guest starring, which I thought was cool. But I think after that, I just kind of like tuned out and stopped caring. I don't know. When did you sort of stop paying attention to the show? Yeah, I think it was about 12 or 13, um, season 12 or 13. It started to get real gimmicky. And um, you know how the older episodes had real feeling to it, um, like it's relatable. Um, it wasn't, um, I don't know, it was just more genuine. If That's that's the only way I could describe it. Um, and the newer ones just felt like they was just uh, trying to do anything, you know, to keep your attention. And I wasn't on board with that. Well, they're still, I mean, they're still trying to, they're still very gimmicky because they're working in, like, their version of Apple products and they're, you know, yeah. of the way that life is nowadays in 2019 going into 2020. But, there's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that The Simpsons nowadays, and this isn't a shot towards Matt Groening or anybody at Fox, so please do me a favor and keep your blue-haired lawyers at bay. Please, please don't send Lionel Hutz to my door, by the way. But I, it's just it, it, the Simpsons is basically nowadays, you know, thirty years in, it's a gimmick machine. Because once you read, because there's only like you can only do so much and keep it fresh. Yeah, uh, you you know how they introduce uh, celebrities nowadays? It, it feels it, it doesn't feel genuine. Like back when they used to have celebrities on, it was like very subtle. And it, you know, uh, went well with the story. But now it's just like, like, okay, we're going to just have this guy, you know, this celebrity and just plop him in there, you know. Don't even, uh, like, uh, you know, weave it in. Yeah. Like, there's no there's no effort anymore put into, like, how do we shoehorn a guest star in? Well, or guest star, guest star in. And it, it's just sort of like, well, let's just drop him in there. It's fine. It's like, can you not? Yeah. Can you not write around that? Yeah, because they had a ton of uh, celebrity guests um, from the, you know, from from the beginning, and then it was always cleverly done and uh, didn't seem out of place. Like I know one of my favorite guest spots will, and I'm not even sure this episode's still in syndication anymore. But it's the episode where uh, Michael Jackson's on the show, or Michael Jackson's sound alike is on the show. Where, oh yeah, where Homer gets thrown into the. Uh, the mental institution and it uh like turns out that yes the guy sounds like michael but he's my name is leon kampowski i'm a bricklayer from patterson new jersey and all my life people ignored me and then just one day i talk like this and it just it was like the trippiest thing to me you know when i was a kid it was so weird because i kept analyzing that episode going how do people do that yeah, that was a good episode, man. And uh, it's Michael Jackson uh, guest starring on The Simpsons, right? Um, it's just so it's so well done, you know, and how it all comes together. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, know. I mean, and the fact that like Homer's thrown into the mental institution for wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I remember being in the ninth grade. We had like school picture day. And granted, I went to a Catholic school, so you had to wear a uniform anyway. But like, there was the one day that I would, you know, you get to wear like civvies, your regular clothes, and I end up going to school in a pink dress shirt and tan slacks. So I'm not all that far from the norm, which was basically the school uniform. However. Yeah. It was a little. It, I looked like a corporate drone at the end of the day. Kind of like great. So you know, walking through the school hallways with a pink dress shirt on. Well, what does that say about me? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's what school's for. Yeah. Just trying to figure out who you are at that, you know, that point in your life. But absolutely. Is there? As we as we wrap up here, is there is there anybody that? You think, like, last couple questions. Is there any character that you think from Springfield at all that could handle a spinoff on their own? Um, huh. maybe Mo. That would be interesting. That that would almost like Cheers. Yeah, you know, just uh, have it centric, have it bar centric or whatever. Mo's Tavern. Um, that would be interesting because you, I mean, you see glimpses of some of the stuff Mo gets into with you, with the, with the pandas or whatever. He's like, all right, now Vondale, get out of here. And then these uh, shady dealings in the back with Krusty and all them. Yeah. Well, I think that would work. I mean, well, you remember that episode they did on prohibition where, um, it, what was it? Rex, Rex Banner or, or Rex Bannon. Some one of the, I can't remember the character's name specifically, but, Homer basically was the beer baron and yep. was supplying Mo with booze, and it was just like, you know, they turned a, a speakeasy like three in the morning into like a pet shop, which I, I thought that was cool. Like the things that, obviously, like you said, like Mo gets himself into. Like there was the, I can't remember if this was a full on episode or just one of those clip shows where Grandpa is reincarnated as Mo's love tester. Oh yeah, that's like um, one of those clip shows. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought it was great, but the the lovematic grandpa. I mean, somebody should put that on a T-shirt because I'm sure that would still sell. Yeah. Um, and, and then you know when he goes to uh, the college and uh, rekindles his love for bartending. But yeah. Or he, well, he um, the, I think the flaming the flaming Moe's episode is, uh, I think, one of the more classic episodes where Homer sort of inadvertently gives Mo the recipe, right? Or, like, Mo just blatantly steals it. Whichever way you want to look at it. But it's, uh... I don't know, that was a lot of fun for me. Where, um, Mo was out of beer, and he's just like, well, don't worry, Homer. I learned how to make other drinks in bartender school. And he blows off, like, the... The, the amount of dust that's on this list of drinks. Yeah. And it to me that's just one of the greatest little side gags in the in Simpsons lore. But uh last question as we wrap up. If you could spend a day with a character, an actor, or anyone in production in terms of like how the Simpsons comes together, who would it be and why? Um It'd probably be um, 
Dan, how do you say his name? You know, the guy who vo voices Homer. Oh, Dan Castellaneta, yeah. Yes, I, I didn't know. I never uh, was good at pronouncing his last name, but that that dude, uh, he seems so fascinating because um, I remember looking up The Simpsons on like uh, Google Play, you know, the music service, mm -hmm. and then they got, a, they got some albums on there with uh, Dan, that guy, Castellaneta. Castellaneta? Castellaneta? Yes, he got yeah. He got, he got some albums on there, and it's not just The Simpsons; it's like different characters, and it's very fascinating. I mean, I would, I would recommend that. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, if you guys ever want to hear The Simpsons characters like singing in their own voices, then I would definitely check out a couple of the, because I had a couple of their CDs as a kid. I've still got, I think I've still got them both. One I think is called The Simpsons Sing the Blues which I think was released in about yeah. 1990. And the other one, at least the one that I, one of the other ones that I have is Songs in the Key of Springfield, which is basically a compilation disc. Um, <laughs> but if you guys ever want to hear these guys sing, then I pick up like any of the sort of cover records or albums that they do put out. Because like, these guys are ridiculously talented. Like you got Nancy Cartwright, Dan Castellaneta. Yeah. Hank Azaria, Harry Shearer. Uh, yeah, because what it was, I, I stumbled a, a, upon an album that had um, them, but it was like sketch comedy and like different characters, you know. And then they at the very end, they had The Simpsons, but it was like, um, it was uh, it was seeing them in a new light almost. It was very uh, interesting. I can't remember the name of it, but I, I mean... It was good. Yeah, like it's it's always fun when you get to see something that you're such a fan of in such a different light. Like I, I know that uh, one of my favorite episodes from like when you're starting to get into the later seasons is Behind the Laughter, which is basically a spoof of Behind the Music. Oh yeah. And like to me, that's that's still. I mean, granted, it's a Simpsons episode done in the Behind the Music style, but. It's sort of like behind the scenes and oh how this came together or like it's it's spoof yes but still like anything that's sort of behind the scenes to me whether it's a spoof or not is still pretty cool and it's it has two of the vehicles that I love personally I love The Simpsons and I was I'm a big fan of behind the music or any sort of like behind the scenes sort of documentary type stuff so that was cool to me but um. Paco, I want to thank you for coming on the Beats and Speaks podcast this week to talk to me about The Simpsons and why you love it so much. And, of course, you guys can find his podcast, Yeah, About That, on your favorite podcast app and player of choice. Remember to comment, like, share, and subscribe to his show. Leave those five-star ratings and as well. Do that with this show, the Beats and Speaks podcast, as well. Well, Paco, I want to thank you once again, and if you ever want to come on and do another episode, please do just reach out. My inbox is always on, and my door is always open, and there will always be a spot for you here. But this wraps up another episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. I have been your host, Lee Dickey, and we will see you all next week. Paco, thanks again, and we will catch you down the road, my friend. Yes, thank you so much. Well, there it is. There you have it. There you go. My interview with Paco Hernandez here in the kickoff to the Simpsons miniseries. Right here on the Beats and Speaks podcast. Paco, I want to thank you once again for reaching out and wanting to come on the show to talk about Springfield's favorite family, your favorite moments, episodes, and characters 
from The Simpsons. It was a real pleasure to go back and forth with you. A real pleasure to have you on the show. And if you ever want to come back and go another round and do another episode, my inbox is always on and my door is always open. Or is that the other way around? Either way, there's always going to be a spot available for you here. Same thing goes for your brother Joey. So if either of you want to come back or if your brother wants to do a solo episode himself, you're always welcome here. There's always a spot available to follow my guest Paco Hernandez and his podcast, Yeah About That. Links are in the description so you can go subscribe and follow them there. But thank you all once again for tuning in to another episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Of course, I have been your host, Lee Dickey. And remember that new episodes of the Beats and Speaks podcast go live every single Friday at midnight Eastern time on my official website, LeeTDickey.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube under Lee Dickey TV, and wherever podcasts are available. If you want to get in touch or become a guest on a future episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast, please do email me at LeeTDickey at gmail.com. Of course, All those links are in the description. Please do comment, like, share, subscribe, and rate us five stars and leave reviews on your favorite podcast apps and players of choice. But that wraps up another episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. I have been your host, Lee Dickey, and we will see you all and talk to you all next Friday at midnight Eastern time for a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. All right, I'm Lee Dickey, and I'm signing off. Peace. dickie.com